All right. For me, success is continuing to fulfill my potential. So it's always something I'm looking toward, not something I've achieved. To me, success is doing something that you love to do that allows you to be of service to others and it it gives you a sense of fulfillment in your heart. I think I, I chased success so much that I put happiness on hold for 20 years and now I realize if I put happiness first the success chases me. Success is being able to have the control of your day-to-day of your life of having a freedom financial independence if you're doing it on your own schedule that's success. In essence the fulfillment of knowing that you've done your best is my definition of success. This is the Alden Report. Hey, it's Mike Alden. Listen, before we get into this next episode of The Alden Report, I want to tell you about a company and a service that I believe can take your company to the next level. And that company is Penji, P-E-N-J-I. Penji is an unlimited design service that connects you with the top 2% of graphic designers in the world. You can get creative output like as if you had an internal team, but without that additional overhead cost. Look, if you want things like logos to flyers to digital art, even UX and UI, Penji is the company for you. I know because I've used them. Look, if you're the person within your company that's doing all the graphic design work, or maybe you even have a team and you're overwhelmed and you want to outsource it to a company that you know you can trust. Look, we know all these other services out there. Penji is like no other graphic design service that I've ever seen and I've used them and I highly recommend going to Penji.co. Because you're a listener and a subscriber of The Alden Report, you can actually get 15% off of your first month with Penji. It's really, really simple. Go to Penji.co, enter in the code ALDEN15, and you'll get 15% off of your first month. Listen, if you want things like logos, custom illustrations, even a website, and you want it all under one plan, one plan that's not gonna lock you in forever, then visit Penji.co, and when you sign up, make sure you enter the code ALDEN15. 15. Once you submit your order, it's really, really simple. Here's the thing. They get your custom designs back to you within 48 hours or less. So go on and visit Penji.co and enter in the code ALDEN15. That's P-E-N-J-I.co and enter in the code ALDEN15. This is the Alden Report. All right. Well, my name is Mike Alden. We are here in Blue Bay Studios. And yes, of course, I am rocking my 99 cent glasses. For those of you who are subscribers and listeners, you know that this has kind of like been my thing. Uh, And uh, these ones are truly only 99 cents. I have another pair that we kind of stepped it up a little bit. But today, actually, you know, we have a really interesting topic today. I'm really excited for my guest um, because we're going to be talking about credit. We're going to be talking about your business credit. We're going to be talking about your personal credit. And we're going to talk about why it's important, why you should pay attention to it. And also, maybe if you've got yourself into some challenges with credit, you know, what can you do? How do you protect yourself? Can you get some of these things removed from your credit report? You see all these people online, you know, that are popping up and saying, hey, you know, I can help you with the credit. Or you even see some of these advertisements on television about instantly boosting your credit. You know, what's going on out there? Because credit has been a very very, very important thing for me. Uh, We'll tell a little bit about my story, what happened to me years ago. And I'm really excited to have my next guest. Her name is Leanne Nguyen, also known as Credit Ninja. We met on this amazing app 
called Clubhouse. And I've just listened to her and learned so much from her. And I said, hey, I want you to come on the podcast and share with our listeners and viewers your knowledge and the things that you've been doing. And by the way, she's been doing this, I think, for over 20 plus years. So she's not one of these people who just decided she's going to just, you know, teach people how to have better credit. She's been doing it a long time. She's literally like an OG in this place, in this, uh, in this place. So please help me welcome <laughs> Credit Ninja. Thank you so much for being here, Leanne. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, we met on Clubhouse of all places and such an amazing app that has come at the most important time that we needed interactions with humans. Isn't that crazy? And we just connected right away because you have a legal background, right? You're a former, are you still practicing? Well, so I don't practice anymore, but I keep my license active. So Massachusetts, you can just keep your license active as long as you pay the fee. Uh, A lot of states, you either have to practice or, or, uh, or, or go inactive. So I'm still active. Wow. So that's crazy. I train attorneys on consumer law. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Because it's a, a piece of the law that not a lot of attorneys are aware, aware of, even though these laws are set in place to help consumers since 1970s. It hasn't really been used. And until recently, in 2008, when the financial crash happened, is when people go, well, what are we going to do with all this bad data on our credit reports? And that's when it started. people started using that and learning more about it to improve their score. So that's the key right there is using the law. So I, so tell us a little bit about your background as far as like, yeah. I mean, how, how did you like, let, let's, you know, um, I, I, we, I don't, I think you were born in, in, were you born in Vietnam? Yes, yes I was. Yeah. yeah. And so your, your family emigrated here. Uh, and um, tell us a little bit about, you know, you know, your, your upbringing here in the States, where you're from and how did you get involved in, you know, being in this really this world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, it's crazy how sometimes you don't choose what you do. The things that you go through, it chooses you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So uh, l- let me just back backtrack that. Uh, let's rewind my life. Yeah, so, let's do it. Let's do it. We got time. So um, yeah, I immigrated from the States uh, after the fall of Vietnam. So we lost our country, came over as immigrants, uh, moved to, uh, we came here in in Irvine, Irvine, California. And uh, the first place we landed was Camp Pendleton. It was an, um, it was a military base out in near San Diego. So there's five of us. I have uh, three, bro- three brothers and one sister. So five of us, my parents. And when we came here, we only came with the clothes on our, ba- our backs. Remember we came from a very tropical area. So there's very, very much, not very much clothing. And then we landed in the middle of winter in uh, Mission Viejo, which is extremely cold and we live in tents. So the US set set up tents where we were quarantined there. And we didn't know when we were gonna be released or where we were gonna be released. And my mother was uh, very ill at the time. So she stayed across in Carlsbad, which is outside of San Diego, across the way on a military hospital. And she was in her deathbed. And there was no way for us to go over there to visit her. But because my dad has very high ranking in the military, we were able to sneak out in those military um, trucks, uh, those military Jeeps. And we sneaked to McDonald's to buy her a burger because we've never tasted burgers before. We heard about it in the movies. Right. And so uh, because my dad's friend was uh, pretty high ranking, they drove us through a drive-in it was a drive-in. We couldn't believe it that we could drive a car in through a, a burger place. 
and grabbed it. We didn't have very much meat because in Asia, we don't eat a lot of meat. And with the cheese and the bun with the sesame seed, we couldn't <laughs> even believe it. It was like we went to heaven. Right. So we went and brought it to our mother. And she had this horrible, she was very, very sick. We gave her the hamburger and she ate it. Did you know that actually that somehow saved her life? Because she felt a taste of freedom. It was the craziest thing. That is and then crazy. We sneak back to the camp as if we didn't leave. It was just like a movie, like we were trying to escape something, like escape Alcatraz or something. But when we got back to uh, Mission Viejo, uh, the, the camp, Camp Pendleton, we were the first family that was actually allowed to leave the camp because of my dad's connections. And that's why at an early age, we all knew that it's really the connections that make, you make in life that is so priceless, you know, that's able to garner you access. So I learned at a very early age that access is the key to life. Yeah. And um, that's how it started, you know, being here in the U.S. And we really didn't have any money. And my dad didn't have a job or anything. But what he had was his ability to, to um, you know, communicate because he spoke so many languages with what he did. I can't really tell you what he did in the military because it's top secret. But um, that ninja started, that ninja lifestyle kind of started at an early age where we live very... Um, unique compared to other people, as I can tell you. But we had to start over with nothing in the U.S. You know, it, it, uh, I had uh, Brian Buffini on. Uh, he's actually from Ireland. He wrote a book called The Emigrant Edge because he emigrated from Ireland. Uh, and, you know, uh, and you hear that a lot from people who come from other countries that come here to the United States. They come with, you know, the clothes on their back and sometimes not even that. And they when in you, like you said, you're, you're in this, you're put in essentially a, an internment camp, if you want to call it that, uh, for, for a certain period of time, you, you're probably scared. How old were you? Uh, what was your age? I was five. At the time. Yeah. So yeah. that had to been, that had to been kind of traumatic, a uh, big family. Um, but what, what, what we all, what I see, at least the entrepreneurs that have been on that, that weren't, weren't born here, um, is that when you get here, you just appreciate it so much more, right? From what you, um, from where you were. I can't imagine the fact that it doesn't matter if we had nothing. It's the fact that we didn't have to uh, listen to bombs all day. And right. we, the fact that we knew that it wasn't our last meal, because when you're in a war, in the middle of war, every day might be your last day. Every meal that you have is your last meal. And the fact that we came over and, and I do have a picture of us standing in front of the tent as as a souvenir kind of, of when we came over. But the crazy thing is you would think that we would all be so sad, you know, because we lost our country. But the fact that we made it here on a ground that was safe and there weren't bombs going off and we were in our sandals in the middle of summer where we were freezing to death and they gave us some socks. And the picture of seven of us standing in front of the camp, we were actually smiling. And I'm like, wow, I guess we were happy to be alive. And just to be alive is the most happiest thing of all. Just to be able to know that you have an extra day, you know, the next day without worrying about bombs going off. And I think that's something in the U.S. that people need to really have gratitude about because you are, the war is not happening here. All the wars that have happened in our recent memory has always happened off the soil of the U.S., in other countries, right? 
And the only thing that was really horrific lately is this COVID problem that is happening worldwide. And people don't know how to deal with it because they've never had to deal with war or attacks and so forth. And it is an attack on our safe soil that we have. Yeah, you know, it's a really inter- interesting perspective, right? And that's what you're talking about, perspective. And I think, I think we all struggle with that, uh, you know, when, when we're, you know, we take certain things for granted. And, you know, when I was younger and, and, you know, people, I would say, you know, how you doing to older people? And they would say things, well, you know, at least I have my health. And I used to say, well, boy, those people hit rock bottom. And when I realized, no, those people are just smarter than me. So, yeah, it's really interesting to have that perspective as someone who wasn't born here, who, who, who was in a war-torn country and, and had to worry about that stuff. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you come here at five. Yeah. Uh, so you grew up in California, yes? Yes, grew yeah. up in, uh, actually, we, we grew up in the slums of Huntington Beach. I know Huntington Beach is glamorous now, but there is a pocket of the poorest part in Huntington Beach. There are just apartments. And a lot of the immigrants that came over the time, they found their place, they found their home there because these apartments were really like inexpensive for what we could afford. I mean, at first we lived in a church. Let me backtrack that. So when we first came out of uh, Camp Pendleton, we were actually, uh, we lived in a church in Irvine, a, a very old mission next door. And it turned into a transportation uh, where they house all the transportation for uh, Orange County. But we lived in the mission and we didn't know what to do every day. And uh, the only thing we could do was to keep ourselves busy. So we were, we brought ladders and we were going up to the mission to find birds to, to roast um, because we didn't know. We didn't know like how we're going to get food. There's the, our, our sponsors kind of left us there and we didn't know, we didn't have a car to get to the grocery store. So the whole family kind of walked around the mission trying to find pigeons or whatever the birds, sparrows, whatever they had there. And our sponsors came to check on us to find out we were okay, we're out there. They're like, no, you cannot eat the birds here. (laughs) It's something that you can't do in the US. So we learned real quick, like the no's and the yeses of this country. But um, then we moved to Huntington Beach and that's where the family decided to be independent and started, you know, my dad started working uh, for Mr. Howard Hughes. you heard of Mr. Howard Hughes, right? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, so he worked in, uh, you know, electrical engineering type business uh, to deal with their uh, communications for the defense department. Wow. Um, because he spoke really good English and he had some connections, he was able to go over there and work. And my mother also looked, worked in electronics, but we were independent. Our parents didn't take care of us. We kind of like the elder, the older kids took care of the younger kids. We didn't have babysitters or anything, but uh, we learned to be really resourceful. We did not get any toys, any gifts or anything because we couldn't afford it. So, you know, when it came time to for Christmas or anything, we I remember one store we wanted to get a kite. And I told my mom, we're, they're having a kite competition. Can we go to Kmart and get a kite? And she said, no, here's what you do. So she gave us chopsticks, newspapers, fishing, uh, fishing, uh, whatever, the the line, and some rice. And she said, go make yourself a kite. Those were the materials that you use in Vietnam to make a kite. So we all made kites and we won the competition because we were resourceful. So at a very early age, we really learned how to make best of everything we had. And 
just be resourceful. And I'm really grateful. I mean, back then it was like, why did they do that? Because we had no other choice. But I think learning at a really young age to be able to use what's in front of you or just learning how to hunt and gather, I started that at that young age. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, right? The gift of poverty. You know, my first book, Ask More and Get More, the first line I said is just, thank God I was born poor. You know, growing up, you know, similar uh, background uh, and, you know, growing up in Project Section 8, WIC, single mom, you know, dr- drugs and everything else around there. It uh, it really, uh, you know, what's also interesting too is like when you're even growing up like that it, at that young age, you don't necessarily re- like really even think you're poor. I mean, you do, you, you do kind of know you're poor, but not really. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to actually, it is a gift. You know, I re- do remember sometimes when I would see kids and they would have bikes and, and their parents would have cars and we wouldn't have any of that stuff, but it is kind of a, I feel like it gives us an unfair advantage now, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you go through hell, everything becomes heaven. Yeah, you have to go through those rough times in order for you to be able to manage situations. And I think it's like, it's the knowledge that you can't gain from books. It's the knowledge that you can't gain from school. It's like situational knowledge, you know, real life stuff that's, you know, the grits that comes to it. And I'm just forever grateful. And it, it has really really saved me over the years with all the businesses that I've gone through and the deals that I have been made is it's the survival skills that you don't get unless you have to survive. I'm tearing up because it really brings back memories. I, I know. Um, and you know, it's, it's these things that we do that creates the story of our life. And without going through these things, how can you have a story? I mean, why are you here? we talked about that on stage before, right, Mike? About yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, just- it is a beautiful thing. Like I said, I mean, you know, um, and I, and, you know, I think you and I are similar in the fact that we, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I always feel like I have something to prove. I always kind of have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because everyone, I mean, you know, everyone told me I would either be dead or in jail uh, and uh, including family members. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing that I, like you said, I, it's, you know, it's not in books. It's not taught in classrooms. It's a, I think it's a truly a, um, you know, something that we do learn, uh, you know, I don't think it's in our DNA. I think it's something that we do learn because we're forced to. Right. And so um, a lot of people who are, you know, I mean, man, the town I grew up in is actually kind of like Huntington beach where not like, Huntington, but in a way there's tons Uber affluence. Right. And mm-hmm. I was, again, the kid that grew up in the projects, you know, it's like, I, I'm in Beverly, Massachusetts, Google it. Like Beverly, Beverly Hills was founded from a guy from Beverly mass. Right. So there's a lot of wealth here. Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 But there's, uh, but there's also just, um, yeah, there's, there is poverty too. So, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's awesome that, you know, that you've, that you, that you've come this far and you've, you've been in a lot of different businesses and, and, you know, one of the things you're doing right now that it seems to really, um, really be important, especially it is timely. And I think it'll, it'll regard, you know, people talk about stuff being evergreen. I think it will continue to, to help people is you've been helping people for years, you know, with their credit. How did you, how did you get in, in, into that business? I know you've been in a lot of different businesses. I know you got have some patents. I know you're a technologist. I know you're you know you you're definitely in in in, in uh, involved in things that involve money transfers and, and FINRA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, which is stuff that people may or may not know about. But t- tell me a little bit about like how did you get involved in this in this credit world? Was it something did it yeah. imp- did, did something happen to you or your family members? Or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, 
so in Irvine, I was actually pre-med and all, you know, every Asian parent wants you to be a doctor. <laughs> so uh, before going into medical school, the year before that, I just, I worked on a cadavers, you know, dead people, because that's part of your curriculum. And I just couldn't handle dealing with dead bodies anymore. And I just looked at all my friends who were doctors and they were miserable. And I'm thinking, so I, I had a kind of a glimpse of what my life would be. And it scared the crap out of me. And the smell of formaldehyde, sometimes that smell just still lingers in my head when I think about that time. And I couldn't talk to dead people. And part, I'm very social. So I thought to myself, this is in your gut. You know, this is not the path. And that's why I always tell people, look, feel in your gut. Sometimes you have to make that as a judgment call. Because something about your gut with the nerves around there, um, it helps you decide whether to move forward or not. So I decided not to move forward. And I decided to take a, a trip around the world. So I just went to Southeast Asia. I went to France. I went places so that I could just see the world. And I wanted to, by seeing the world, you'll know what you're meant to do. So I was, I was traveling around. I noticed that there were a lot of people in business and finance and doing deals. And I, I just got really intrigued by it. So I'm, I just decided I'm not going to go to med school. I'm going to do something in the in the finance world, business world, something to that effect. So when I came back to the US, I was um, recruited to a new company that handled credit, but technology of credit. So all the reporting and all that. And because I was very, you know, really good with organization and bringing in tech people because of the relationships I had made, um, I was the chief operations officer for that startup. It was a startup, small company, it was pre-IPO in 1998. So with that, the, I had to help build out the call center, the tech team and so forth, but it was the reporting of the data. So it wasn't really the credit repair part, not the legal part, because it was ahead of its time. And we were supposed to go IPO, but you know how deals go. Uh, in, in 2000, the whole dot-com crash happened. So anything with the dot-com, anything technical, it just went, it, it flew up really fast and it went down really fast. And so all the time and effort and money I put in that company just disappeared overnight. And I thought, wow, I dedicated so much of my time and effort and it all just went. And so I saved a little bit of money. I decided to change my environment and, and I, I just went to Vegas. <laughs> I figured everybody else was having fun in Vegas. So I went to Vegas and I had a month's episode of The Hangover. That was my life. <laughs> For a month, I decided to rent the biggest, baddest penthouse suite there and just had a ball. I just like, you know what? I'm going to have fun. And it got to a point where there were monkeys, everything went through that hotel, partying. I just had a really good time, gambled. I did everything, party. And my casino host is the one that called me and said, I'm really worried about you. Why would a casino host? They want you to keep gambling, right? He said, I think, what did you do before this whole thing? I'm like, well, I'm in business, technology. He goes, let me introduce you to some people in Vegas since you're here a lot. And maybe you can just meet some friends and make some contacts. So that's when he introduced me to some people at these towers in Las Vegas called Turnberry Towers. And it's very exclusive down here because they also have it in Florida. And it's people with old money, people that are really like true industrialists of this U.S. 
and they are billionaires and celebrities and they all live at this place called Turnberry. It's the first very prestigious high-rising club in Vegas. So I met some people there. I signed up as a member there and I was the youngest member at that Turnberry Towers. And I learned so much because a lot of these people are extremely successful and I started to hang around them. I had scotch with them. I hung out with Tony Bennett and played tennis with Agassi. I mean, my world, it was like a movie. And all these people that were famous, they, they, they came through there. They either stayed there or hung out there or, you know, these are the third, fourth home. And that's when my journey started to understand the importance of who you surround yourself was more important than what you know sometimes because right. then you, you start to educate yourself. So with that, I decided to get back into the business world and made some friends, found some investment bankers and started another company um, that handled card-to-card uh, -card transfer, which is at the time was so, so ahead of its time because we didn't have PayPal then. If PayPal just started at that time. We didn't have Venmo. We didn't have any of these money transfer system. And the only two big players at the time was MoneyGram and Western Union, and they dominated the market. Right. But because of the connections I made there and my background in the credit technology part, we birthed a company that handled money transfer and the people that we were involved with was the country of Mexico because that was the biggest money transfer uh, problem around because these immigrants that sent money overseas lost so much money doing fees, calling cards and so forth. So we filled the void at that time to send money around the world. And we were valued at about 165 million and we we're about to sell, you know, pretty much get that buyout to as an exit and then 2008 happened the banks all dried up and they didn't fulfill that part of it and that's when my life spinned around to the point where I lost everything in the company and there were lawsuits that were flying around and you as a legal professional understand when lawsuits starts coming when regulators regulators start coming it's a debacle you know your life stops and I was about to lose my house. All my cars were given back, all these fancy cars. I lived a very big life out here in Vegas. Mansion on a, on a golf course, it was big. But the bigger the wheel, the more blank it, it picks up. And when it falls, it falls hard. So four years, I had to deal with lawsuits with the DA's office, Chicago, all that stuff. And the worst part about it, and maybe the best part about it, is I didn't have, my bank accounts were frozen. I had no money. So I had no, no other choice but to actually represent myself in these federal courts. And that's when I hit the law library and started to figure it out myself. And I, rep, I was the only defendant in the case that represented themselves in, for this case. And everybody kind of lawyered up and paid a lot of money but, um, you know, the truth comes out. And when you are, you know, careful in your life and you make sure that you have all the documentation in place and you stand strong with what you're, what you believe in and what you know is truth, the truth comes out. And I actually won the lawsuit and I'm here today. And the other two are not in a very safe place. That's all I can tell you. 
Wow, that's crazy. Uh, you know, I, and a second, and we haven't even got into what you're doing now, and and what I hear that you're helping people uh, with. Um, but but we uh, we have been on with Leanne Nguyen, also known as Credit Ninja. We met on this amazing app, like I like I mentioned earlier. You know, she's helping businesses, she's helping individuals, she's motivating people. You've heard her talk talk about how she's a keynote speaker, and you can understand why because her story is remarkable. She's very active also on Clubhouse and Instagram. If you'd like some more information about Leanne, you can just go to Credit Ninja uh, right on Instagram. And there she's got a link tree. You can kind of see all the other things she's doing. You can see some of the other podcasts she's been on. And if you and if you need some help, we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk, talk a lot about what our business is doing, how it can help people um, and how it can help, uh, you know, businesses as well. And I wanted to, I wanted to get to this point because I wanted people to hear kind of her story and her foundation. You know, a lot of um, businesses just start, they're, they're opportunists and they just start a business with nothing wrong with that. But this business is really started at its core based off of what happened to her and her life uh, and how she also um, has helped others as well. So if you'd like some more information about Credit Ninja, just just check her out on Instagram. It's Credit Ninja. It's pretty easy to find. I want to tell you about a company and a service that I believe can take your company to the next level. And that company is Penji, P-E-N-J-I. Penji is an unlimited design service that connects you with the top 2% of graphic designers in the world. You can get creative output like as if you had an internal team, but without that additional overhead cost. Look, if you want things like logos to flyers to digital art, even UX and UI, Penji is the company for you. I know because I've used them. Look, if you're the person within your company that's doing all the graphic design work, or maybe you even have a team and you're overwhelmed and you want to outsource it to a company that you know you can trust. Look, we know all these other services out there. Penji is like no other graphic design service that I've ever seen and I've used them. And I highly recommend going to Penji.co because you're a listener and a subscriber of the Alden Report. You can actually get 15% off of your first month with Penji. It's really, really simple. Go to Penji.co, enter in the code ALDEN15 and you'll get 15% off of your first month. Listen, if you want things like logos, custom illustrations, even a website and you want it all under one plan, one plan that's not gonna lock you in forever, then visit Penji.co and when you sign up, make sure you enter the code ALDEN15. 15. Once you submit your order, it's really, really simple. Here's the thing. They get your custom designs back to you within 48 hours or less. So go on and visit Penji.co and enter in the code ALDEN15. That's P-E-N-J-I.co and enter in the code ALDEN15. So, wow. I, so I didn't know a lot of that stuff and I'm so glad you shared it, uh, you know, with, with us. And, and so, um, okay. So your world is turned upside down. You beat the lawsuit. Your credit had to have been destroyed. Oh, God. Um, yes. so, so that was a, that was a, a, you know, and you know, I'm guessing you probably didn't really have anybody to turn to. Um, I couldn't. You know, yeah, no, you couldn't because when you're in a federal lawsuit, the more people that you communicate with, the more likely that they will call them mm -hmm. in the lawsuit because right. they'll, they'll be asking what was discussed with what, what did you go visit them? Uh, they will, now they're going to open more cans of worms. And mm -hmm. in order for me to protect the people that I care about, it was complete silence for four years. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that, that had to been, that had to been difficult. Yeah, um, 
uh, and so you beat it, but it doesn't really, I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I have a lot of friends that have gone through stuff and, um, I've represented people in federal court, uh, myself and, uh, you know, whether you're, whether you're right or wrong, it's, uh, it's a horrible situation to be in. Um, and you know, no, no matter what, it's very stressful. Uh, and unfortunately, right. You're just kind of, you know, you're, you're, it's not innocent until proven guilty in the public, right. It's guilty until proven innocent. Um, mm-hmm. and your it's friends, exactly your family, your relatives, everybody turns against you and nobody talks to you anyway. So, um, yeah. um, I, I, as a lawyer myself, you know, I've, I've seen that stuff. And, um, so, so, okay. So you go through that, you go through hell and back, mm-hmm. right. And you make it through that's, but again, we all go through hell too. I want to kind of highlight your story. This was years ago. You're here now. You're thriving. You're doing things. You're helping people. Yeah. Um, but the one thing about that story that I tell people all the time is, is that, you know, when you hear the success stories of people, a lot of them almost, I, I, I'd say, I would say it's a, it's a pretty much, it's a, it is a universal law of success that you've got to go through fucking shit. You got to go oh. through hell. But when you're going through it, you certainly don't want to go through it. You can tell the story because it's a great story to tell, but you would certainly probably, if you had the choice, I'm willing to bet that you would probably say, I would never want her to go through that if I, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this isn't like that. Growing up the way you did, that's different. Going through that type of shit, I don't think anybody wants to ever go through it, right? No, no, right. absolutely not. I mean, but it gives you such strength. And then when you're able to come through a horrible situation like that, where most people just give up and say, you know what, just lock my ass up right now. Like I'll take the deal. Just poke me right now with that syringe. Let's be over with. That's the feeling I had for four years. But then you think to yourself, I can do, I have to get through this. So you have to pull it deep inside of you to get the strength to go and fight because the fight is all about you. There's no one's going to fight your battle in life. And that's what I learned through this whole thing is nobody cares about you. Right. Nobody. I know. Nobody. Even in COVID time, nobody cared when you lost your job, when your company closed down, when your husband left you Mm -hmm. because it got too stressful being in the same house during COVID because you have to deal with each other now. Nobody cares. You are the only person that care about you. And another sentence that I always say to myself is, when you don't expect things from other people, you will never be disappointed. That's yeah. one of my important sentences I think about all the time is that you can only control yourself. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So let's transition now into yeah. what you're doing for people. So you have this, this, you know, you have this wealth of knowledge within the credit world. And again, I guess it yeah. again, so it stemmed from the company that you were started to work for, obviously started probably there. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, uh, maybe even start even with your family because when coming over here you didn't have any credit and you know you didn't have social security numbers yeah. until probably for a while um so 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 like tell me a little bit about what your company does for people uh and especially why now it's like so important so you help people with their credit i know that you help establish credit i know that you help repair credit you have a lot of different you have a kind of like a suite of services but let's just start with the most basic fundamentals of why should people be aware of their credit score and be kind of diligent in, in monitoring that. Yeah, though, there's so much advantages to having a great credit score. So back to my little story so that I can tie into this. When that whole thing happened, my credit was destroyed. And that's when, because I was in the law library, I was able to find these laws that you're able to dispute uh, things that are not validated on your account. That means account level documentation stuff, all like 
really detailed uh, algorithms on your credit report because on a credit report, there's so many errors in there because they're moving a lot of data back and forth. So there's a lot of things that could be mixed up in there, but using that law, you can now force the credit bureaus to validate these details of the law, okay? So when, into, when, I, when I was able to build my life over, my credit was destroyed. So I started dis to dispute a lot of this data in there. And slowly, a lot of the things that went to collection, $165,000 in credit card debt went to collections. So we dispute my one of my dear friends and I. We so let me pause. Them. Let me let me stop you there for a second. So yeah. you just did you did you opt not to declare bankruptcy? Yeah, I did okay. not. Okay. I did not because I, number one, I didn't have money to go to the attorney, so that's right, the real right. matter. So I just I had thick skin. I just let it all go to collection, and I just dealt with it when I could because I had a lawsuit to deal with. That was the bigger problem. Right. But when that was taken care of, I started dealing with my debt and my credit. Because I didn't have a credit card to get around. All I had was a debit card, right? right. So I started disputing these items and slowly these items started falling off. And then I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? My score started to get better. And then I got a secure card and then I started stacking, getting some little credit cards. And then all of a sudden my score went from the 400s all the way up to the 700s. Now I'm actually able to now get better credit cards. And I thought to myself, number one, why did this happen to me? And number two, could this be a business, right? And I thought maybe this is the one hit wonder. So I started asking all of my friends that had friends that lost a lot of money during 2008 crash and now finally made money back and have horrible credit. So I started helping those people for free, just for free. I didn't right. charge anything. Yeah, it was like, a case, like case studies for you. Right. So it became a, the results were crazy great. And then now I started going how can I charge for this, right? So the business found me because of what I went through and I was able to fix for myself. It wasn't meant to, to help other people. I just wanted to help myself. And that's when I made a name for myself in the industry amongst attorneys and CPAs. Those are the two people that send me a lot of business. Then the bank started sending me money, uh, sending me clients, well, money too. Hmm. And then then you made my name for myself. And then they said, God, you're such a ninja. How, you, how do you do this so fast? And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm a credit, I'm a ninja. And social media started to start. And there was a lot of Instagram account. I go, I'm just going to grab the name. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to post. I don't know anything. I just did it. I grabbed the name. And then a year later, I met with Gary Vaynerchuk at an event because I followed him a lot. And I was wondering, how did he do it, right? So I asked my question, who does really good Instagram stuff. And I thought Gary Vaynerchuk, right? So I met him and I told him my story. And he said, you should start posting. You should start posting your results. Why are you not doing this? Do you know you have a moral obligation to help other people? I'm like, oh my God, you're right. That's you should hire D-Rock. <laughs> yeah. So I started to post and I started putting testimonials. And then the next person I met was a guy named Grant Cardone. He's this crazy guy on all of social media and I was on his Instagram story in Facebook and he said, give me a price. I'll give you a ticket, VIP ticket, you know? And so I called him on Instagram live and I didn't know much about Facebook. I mean, it was Facebook live. And then he started to write this down. He goes, name me your price. I told him 888. He goes, that's a great number. My favorite number is give me a credit card. What credit card would you use? So that was an opportunity to tell everyone that I was in the credit space. I was a credit expert. And he 
pretty much called my number, my credit card number in public. So he wrote, he, he spoke my number out amongst 20,000 live people on Facebook. And that's when st people started to follow me. So thank you, Grant Cardone. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think we know this. So I was on a Cardone's show called Power Players back in 2014. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's Thank awesome. You. So, so all right. So I want to ask. I know we've been going for a while. You know, I know you don't have a ton of time, but but I want to like so yeah. so let's yeah. talk about. You know, I had mentioned it earlier in 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 the opening uh, about all these different services that we see out there. So let's talk about maybe first where um, where people you know. Um, their credit gets hurt. Like, let's yeah. say um, something goes into collections. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, what can they do? Can they do something on their own? Do they need to hire you? Or what's what are some of the like like top things that someone? So you got you got something goes into collections. What should you do? Yeah. yeah. First of all, there are certain letters that they can send to the bureaus to dispute those items. And whether it's a a, a collection with a credit card, it might be collection with a medical bill and so forth. There's different letters for different things. And you can definitely search on the internet for these letters. But the problem is most people, even if I give them all the letter and the, and the, and the steps to do, they don't do it. And that's why the service is around because we are now working with them to get it done. Um, I mean, even if you buy a whole bunch of dumbbells and give them a video, people won't work out. It's the craziest thing. And that's why um, their credit is still as bad as it is because they don't have the discipline or holding them accountable to get it done. And that's why our business is so impactful for people is that our team goes in there and, and, and actually does the disputes for them. So, so you take, so you take the guesswork out of it. You know, I yeah. always say to people, you know, I, you know, whenever I hire a company, I always, you know, I know enough to know that I don't know. Right. And yeah. I, I'm a big proponent in hiring experts to do the work, you know, like you said, you can show me how to do it, but I'd much rather have somebody. It's like, you know, you know, I can cut my own hair, but I'd rather have a professional barber do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so very true. And yeah, I mean, there's so many services out there, but we're, I'm often asked, why is your company different from others? Well, I'm like, the, the rest is kind of like Walmart and we're kind of like Nordstrom's because the team actually talks to you. You can book a call and they can go through your situation. Whereas a lot of these credit repair places, you will never get to talk to anyone because it's like a puppy. It just, they just, it's, a, it's like an assembly line. They just feed it through. They want, to, they want you to stay for a year or two years to get the monthly. And for us, we kind of want you out of our system as quickly as possible so that you can go on with your life. Right. So there's maybe like a year to a year and a half. That's their time frame. And most people fall out in the third month because they're impatient, number one. Number two, they just are not able to talk to anyone. So with our service, the average time that they stay is about seven months, which is probably the highest in the industry because they like what they they are experiencing. They get to call our team. They get a knowledge base that they can put questions in there and answer. They get results. That's the most important thing. And we get a whole lot of referrals. My business, um, prior to COVID, I use, I'm, I'm a keynote speaker at a lot of different sales events and multi-level marketing events. So we educate big or sales organizations on how to get their credit better. And then our team actually fixes anything that is negative on there. So, because they need the finances to order product and so forth. And so right. that's, what's been really good for us. And 
after, I mean, during COVID, my whole Instagram world has really blown up because we do have high level, high level advisory where it's a higher package. It's like 8,000, 888, you like the eights. And that's where um, I personally handle their account with my, uh, my assistant, my VIP team. So there's di two different programs They can do a monthly where our team handles them because it, it's more affordable for them or they can have high level coaching where a lot of our VIP clients prefer to have that. So they have access to myself and my VIP team because it's not just fixing their credit. It's not just growing their credit, but they might have corporate credit needs or business needs. Cause now once you get the, the money for credit, you need to know what to use it for. Right. And people don't know what to use their credit lines for, or they're not disciplined to be able to move through the system. And that's kind of high level stuff that we do for our VIP program. So there's two programs. Okay. So pretty much anything that's within the world of credit, whether it be business credit, personal credit, whether your credit's been impacted, whether you want to increase your credit, whether you want to protect your credit and monitor it, like that's, that's what your company does. Again, I, all right? of it. Yeah. yeah, all of yeah. it. And it. And it depends. It's kind of like going to a, a nightclub. The nightclub is there, but there's different levels of experiences, as I call it. So you can have general admission. You'll get in line. You'll still get service, but it's just at a different pace. And you won't have you know, access to your own uh, drinks and so forth and service. You won't be next to the music or performance. Then we have bottle service, which is like VIP. The reason why I live in Vegas, for those who don't know, so I'm just using this as an example. But the bottle service where you're actually having access to me and my team and you're able to now deal with like other complex matters regarding their finances and their business. So we go through business strategy too. So that's like a VIP program. I love it. I love it. All right, folks, we've been on with Leanne Nguyen, also known as Credit Ninja. You can just hear, uh, you know, she's got a wealth of knowledge. I know we don't have a lot of time left, um, but, you know, be, if, if, uh, before I let you go, uh, I could probably talk to you for hours, but um, before I let you go, if, if someone's listening or watching right now and they have some credit, they have some credit challenges, maybe again, maybe, maybe it's a bankruptcy, maybe it's a, a charge off, what, whatever it is, or dealing with some sort of credit challenge, um, what do you have to say to them? Uh, what should they do? Should they reach out to you? Tell us like, yeah. you know, tell, tell us what to do. <laughs> so the first thing is if you know what your credit score is, if you have some type of credit monitoring program, whether it's free credit karma is not a hundred percent accurate, but at least you kind of know what kind of collections are on there and so forth. So credit karma, go ahead and get that, get the username and password take a look at it and see if there's any collections on there. You'll know the score. It's a guesstimate score. It's a free score. So it's not very accurate. Or if you want to get serious and go to Experian.com or MyFICO.com or um, Identity IQ, any of the pain ones, that's more accurate. So it, ask yourself the question, how serious are you? Do you want a free one or do you want to actually invest in yourself? And then by that point, you'll know if there's something that is bad. If it's under... 700, you, you need to work on it because most lenders now don't really give you any type of uh, decent credit lines or credit cards or home loan rates unless you're a little above 700. And ideally, 730 is where you want to go because even at 700, you're really skirting the 600 range. Um, and for those who want to ask, what is my credit score? It's a perfect 850. I have a perfect 850. So um, always ask yourself, whoever is advising you of whatever it is, 
take a look at what they are at. If they're advising you with money, find out what their money situation. If they're advising you with credit, ask them what their credit score is. Ask them to log in and show you live, not a screenshot. I've seen so many people just do screenshot and Photoshop. They're like experts at Photoshop. I don't know how to Photoshop. So uh, I will log in live for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and that's why, you know, I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, you know, I've had this podcast for the past six years and we bring real people on that are doing real things that have real stories that have had real impact on people's lives. And just to have Leanne, uh, AKA Credit Ninja on, I, I think uh, your story is remarkable, you know, what you're doing for people. And, you know, again, folks, you, you, if you've been listening and watching this podcast, you know that the people that we bring on, they, they truly are vetted. They truly are real people. And if you'd like some more information about Leanne or just, you know, just check her out on Instagram. It's real, it's real simple. Credit Ninja. You heard her talk about what a great name. It's just at Credit Ninja. Uh, you can just Google it as well, but just go right to her Instagram account and and then she's got a link tree where there's all these different things. If you want to reach out to her, uh, you can certainly do that as well. Send her a DM. I know that she has a she has a consultation service. Oh, and she's rocking. She's putting her glasses on right now. Just a just a big just a big time at just a big time at, uh, at at the end. I'm willing to bet Credit Ninja that those might be a little bit more than my 99 cent glasses. But yeah. <laughs> but you listen, I. Good. The beauty of getting your credit right, I'm going to say this, is you're going to have access to so many benefits with points and the whole point travel game. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to go out there and travel and see the world and bring your family on these experiences. Because that's one thing that no one can ever take away. No matter how much money you lose, they cannot take away your experience and your knowledge. So get your credit right, guys. So that way you have access to so many of the things that you need to you, you get access to the people, places, and opportunity that you deserve to have. So I really appreciate being on this call with you um, and, and just chatting with you, Mike. It's just been amazing to, to be recognized as someone that's of impact. You're here to impact the world. What are you doing? And I, I want to save one person at a time with getting their finances in order. How about that? Well, thanks again uh, for being here. Again, this has been another edition of the Alden Report. My name is Mike Alden, and that's Credit Ninja, and we'll see you soon. I want to tell you about a company and a service that I believe can take your company to the next level, and that company is Penji. P-E-N-J-I. Penji is an unlimited design service that connects you with the top 2% of graphic designers in the world. You can get creative output like as if you had an internal team, but without that additional overhead cost. Look, if you want things like logos to flyers to digital art, even UX and UI, Penji is the company for you. I know because I've used them. Look, if you're the person within your company that's doing all the graphic design work, or maybe you even have a team and you're overwhelmed and you wanna outsource it to a company that you know you can trust, look, we know all these other services out there. Penji is like no other graphic design service that I've ever seen and I've used them and I highly recommend going to Penji.co. Because you're a listener and a subscriber of The Alden Report, you can actually get 15% off of your first month with Penji. It's really, really simple. Go to Penji.co, enter in the code ALDEN15 and you'll get 15% off of your first month. Listen, if you want things like logos, custom illustrations, even a website and you want it all under one plan, one plan that's not gonna lock you in forever, then visit Penji.co and when you sign up, make sure you enter the code ALDEN15. 
15. Once you submit your order, it's really, really simple. Here's the thing. They get your custom designs back to you within 48 hours or less. So go on and visit penji.co and enter in the code ALDEN15. That's P-E-N-J-I.co and enter in the code ALDEN15.